to the book of Jonah, and I would like to read a few verses of scripture from the book of Jonah, the third chapter. We're going to read beginning at the first verse, Jonah chapter 3 and verse 10. Thank you for being here tonight. We're honored that you're here. I love the presence of the Lord that is in this place. Let's just thank God for his presence. Why don't we do that right now? Let's thank him for his presence. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Jonah chapter 3 and verse 1. And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time saying, Arise, go unto Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. So Jonah arose and went unto Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceeding great city of three days' journey. And Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey, and he cried and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So the people of Nineveh believed God and proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them even to the least of them. For word came unto the king of Nineveh and he rose from his throne and he laid his robe from him, covered him with sackcloth, sat in ashes. And he caused it to be proclaimed and published through Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast, herd nor flock, taste anything. Let them not feed nor drink water. But let man and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily unto God. Yea, let them turn everyone from his evil way and from the violence that is in their hands. Who can tell if God will turn and repent and turn away from his fierce anger that we perish not? And God saw their works, that they turned from their evil way. And God repented of the evil that he had said that he would do unto them, and he did it not. That is an amazing passage of Scripture. And I want to preach for just a few moments. I, I don't intend to keep you long tonight, but I just feel it's appropriate to preach for a few moments on this subject. How to pray for your nation. How to pray for your nation. Why don't we just go before the Lord in prayer right now. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your blessing in this house. We thank you for your spirit that we feel. Lord, you have breathed on us. You have moved on us. Your presence is with us. You are near unto us. And we thank you that we can feel you so close. I pray, O oh God, that your word would be rich with anointing. I pray that you will call us to that special place of prayer where we can be effectual and fervent for your kingdom. We give you honor and glory in the precious name of Jesus. And everybody said in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. It's so wonderful to see everybody on this Sunday night. Uh, I know that this week has been one of the, just one of the most troubling weeks uh, that I can recall in recent times in our nation. 
And uh, we all know that, and we've all been greatly stirred and troubled and challenged. And uh, I preached about it this morning. I do want to encourage you, if you were not able to be here or to, to be a part of that service, I do want to encourage you to pick up the CD or listen to it on the Internet uh, because I believe it was a word from the Lord for our congregation, and I believe it was a word from the Lord for our nation. Amen. And, uh, and so I just encourage you to do that because while the world uh, is uh, perhaps fractured in so many different ways, the church stands strong as a city on a hill that cannot be hid, a light of the world. And that's what we continue to be. And one of the, one of the ways that God uses us to be just that is in the form of prayer. In fact, I won't just say one of the ways, but the primary way that God uses us to do that is in the form of prayer. If you've lived for God uh, for any length of time seriously, uh, if you've lived for the Lord seriously, you have learned by now that your prayers are more effective than anything else you do. Because when you engage in the matter of prayer, you are putting into motion and into action spiritual influences that don't go into motion merely uh, by your working of something through the flesh. And so you can hope for, you can wish for, you can worry about, you can fret about, you can, you can spout off about, but nothing will make a difference like prayer. Going to God in prayer and speaking to the Father in prayer, in secret. The Bible says the Father seeth in secret. Go into that secret place and call upon the Lord. Reach out to God. Speak His name in prayer. And, and do mighty things in the Lord. And, and you can make a difference in your world. Every one of us has the capacity to pray. Every one of us has the responsibility to pray. Every one of us has the anointing of God to pray. Each of us can boldly approach the throne of God's grace. And so I wonder... If all of the prayers we have prayed in the last three or four days will have been answered, how much healing would really come to our nation? How many prayers have you prayed for the state of our nation? The status of where people's hearts are. Have you prayed for God to turn people's hearts? Have you prayed for God to heal people's brokenness? Have you prayed for God to make us one? Have you prayed for God to dissolve our differences? Have you prayed for God to do these things? It is incumbent on us to do the praying. We can't expect a world who doesn't know God to do the praying. They're going to try to fix this their way, and their way hasn't worked, and their way won't work. It is our responsibility to do the praying. They're going to try to fix it through various laws and, and, and they're going to try to fix it through various programs 
And they're going to try to fix it through human efforts, even well-intentioned human efforts, and that's at the best. Some don't want it to get fixed at all. And so, ladies and gentlemen, it is incumbent on the church to pray. It is incumbent on the church to pray, God, heal our land. Lord God, send a revival. Lord God, pour out the power of the Holy Ghost. The answer is the Holy Ghost. Can I tell you that there is no politician on the, on the horizon. There's no politician waiting in the wings. There's no politician who is being groomed, who has the answers for society's problems. If you're waiting for the Democrats or the Republicans to produce anybody with the answer for what this society is facing, you will be waiting indefinitely. It will never come. There is only one who has the answer, and he isn't a president, and he isn't a prime minister. He is the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords. And he has the answer. I said he has the answer. And, 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 and you, can, you can dig as deep as you want to dig into this, and you're going to find that the deeper you go, the more hurt exists in our world. And the deeper you go, you're going to find that there's more pain and the problem becomes more complex. But Jesus knows how to fix this problem. Jesus knows how to get down to where the roots are in this matter. Jesus knows how to apply healing where nobody else knows how to do it. And Jesus isn't willing to die for it. Pardon me, he's not opposed to dying for it. He's proved he's willing to die for it. Jesus is absolutely 100% committed to healing this world. Reconciling this world unto himself. And he will go to the nth degree, to the very drop of his last bit of blood. So that this nation, so that this world can be saved. God in Christ. Reconciling. What a word. Reconciling. What a word. Reconciling the world unto himself. Have you ever wondered why God loves you? Because he's reconciling the world unto himself. After all you've done and he still loves you? Because he's reconciling the world unto himself. Out of all you've thought, nobody even knows about the thoughts that you've thought God does, and he still loves you more than anybody else loves you because he is intent on reconciling the world unto himself. Any hate that you have in your heart, and God, who is love, loves you in spite of it because he is intent on reconciling the world unto himself. And it is up to us, the church. We can't leave this to CNN. We can't leave this to the Washington Post. We can't leave this to the world around us. We have to hit our knees in prayer. That's where this war has got to be fought. This is where it has to be done. And prayer makes a difference. I want to, I want to point out a few things from the word of the Lord just to let you know how prayer makes a difference. You look at the matter of Sodom and Gomorrah. There was great wickedness in Sodom and Gomorrah. Wickedness was, was out of control. And, of course, it was, it was a, two cities that, was, that they were filled with perversion. And, and they had great violence in those cities. And, and, and the cities were on God's 
target list. He was going to judge those cities similarly to the way that he was going to judge Nineveh. And if you don't think God hasn't noticed America's departure from him, then you are naive, ladies and gentlemen. And, and America has sins, deep sins, in their soul and spirit. And, and, and God forbid that we should overlook that. And we're going to talk about how to pray for a nation who is in desperate need of a touch from God. And so when, when Sodom and Gomorrah were in this position of being about to be consumed by God, the Bible says Abraham... Went and prayed because that's the answer. That's the answer. So how many of us have gone to God and said, God, hold your punishment on America? How many of us have gone to God and said, God, bring your spirit? I, I, I know the government won't welcome you, but God, bring your spirit into America. I know that, I know that people are, are saying you don't exist, but Lord, we know because you have filled us with your spirit and we know because you have kept your word, we know that you and you alone have the power to make a difference in these circumstances. This is what Abraham did. He said, Lord God, don't destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. My God, I would to God that we would have a passion for our land the way Abraham cared for those cities. We talk about all the time, God's going to judge America. Then why aren't we praying that America repent? We talk about it all the time, that he's coming with great fierceness. He's coming with great wrath. The Bible foretells it. Then where's the sackcloth and ashes? Abraham goes to God and says, God, I don't want you to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. It was out of his love for his family and for the people that he had come to know. He recognized these are people. They have sin in their life. And they don't realize that they are on the precipice of God's judgment. And listen, ladies and gentlemen, the Bible says that the Lord is slow to anger. There's two things that we have to acknowledge about God's anger. And, and, and we have to preach both of them. One, that he is slow to it. We have to preach that. That's the mercy of the Lord. He is slow to anger. You and I have found that out. That's why you and I have not been consumed yet. That's why a bolt of lightning hasn't come and split us down the middle. Because he is slow to anger. That's one aspect of his anger we have to preach. The mercy of the Lord. He is slow to anger. The other aspect, his anger is fierce. When it comes, it comes with a fierceness that will leave a dead sea where cities once stood. You have to understand that about God. And the reason that God arrives at that point of anger is that when he has done all he can do to bring someone away from wickedness or away from evil ways, if it's all rejected and denounced, there's only one thing left to do, and that is to remove the wickedness. And if the wickedness is in us, then we're moved right along with it. And that's exactly how the anger of God works. And so this is why we have to take it seriously. America, 
listen, the scripture talks about violence so much. And of course, it speaks of perversion. And we see that in our nation. Perversion, perversion, perversion. And we see violence, violence, violence. And the violence is only increasing. Ladies and gentlemen, it's not enough to read articles about it. It's not enough to watch news stories about it. It's not enough to be concerned about it here and there. We have to take this seriously and get on our face and say, God, heal our nation. Touch our nation. Abraham did that. Lord, please don't, please don't destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And he said, Lord, if I find 50 righteous, will you spare the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah? And the Lord said, if you can find 50 righteous, I will spare Sodom and Gomorrah. Abraham said, wow, that was, that was good. Couldn't find 50 righteous. Lord, how about 40 righteous? 30 righteous, 20 righteous, 10 righteous. Now, Abraham felt good about that number. And God was willing to spare the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah for 10 righteous. Do you know why Abraham felt good about the number 10? He felt good about the number 10 because Abraham knew of 10 people in the city who should have been righteous. At least 10. I know 10. I know them by name. I was there last Christmas. I don't think they had Christmas together, but I was there last Christmas with these 10 people. Lot. Remember Lot's wife? And the Bible says that Lot had two sons. Then the Bible says that Lot had two daughters who had never known a man. Then the Bible says that Lot had two sons-in-law. Which means that he had two daughters that had known a man. There were ten people absolutely documented in the family of Lot who should have been righteous. And had they been righteous, Sodom and Gomorrah would not be a story in the Bible. I wonder what we could prevent if we would pray more often. I wonder what we could prevent if we were praying without ceasing. If we were buried in sackcloth and ashes. Have we become real comfortable in our world? When we say this world is not our home, do we mean that? Do we really want to go to heaven? Somebody said in a song, they said, everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to go now. Why not? You've gotten so comfortable in the in the nuances of this world that that heaven has no appeal to you, that means you and I aren't praying like we should be praying. Our nation needs us to move God. Our nation needs us to pray the prayer of faith. And you say, and we say, well, it doesn't matter. We can pray all we want to pray, but God already said this is going to happen and that is going to happen. Let me read to you verse 10. God saw their works that they turned from their evil way and God repented of the evil that he, he, he had said that he would do unto them. And he did it not. Because of prayer. Prayer made a difference. Prayer reached into the heavens and made a difference with God. Oh, hallelujah. Daniel chapter 9. The book of Daniel in the ninth chapter records Daniel while he is in captivity. Now, some would say 
that Daniel had, was praying for a lost cause. Israel had been taken captive. There is no more Israel. Israel is a, is a, a, a civilization that has been scattered. They have literally been scattered abroad. And, and many gave up on the hope of Israel. Except those who believed the word of the Lord. And here Daniel is in Babylon while Israel is held in captivity. And he's praying for Israel. In the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus of the seed of the Medes, which was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans, the ninth chapter. In the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by books... The number of the years whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet. You hear what's happening here? That he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. Daniel understood because he was reading the word of the Lord spoken by the prophet Jeremiah that there was a certain amount of time that Israel would be in captivity and that the time was about to expire. It was his careful study of the word of God that led him to a place of understanding. The Bible says he understood by the books the number of the years. And in verse 3, I set my face under the Lord God. Somebody in this house ought to start understanding by the books of Revelation and the books of Ezekiel and the books of Daniel and the books of Isaiah and the books of Jeremiah. Hallelujah. Where we are. And in verse 3, I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and by supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. And I prayed unto the Lord my God and made my confession. And said, O Lord, the great and dreadful God, keeping the covenant and mercy to them that love him and to the, them that keep his commandments. Here we go, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to tell you how to pray for your nation right now. We have sinned and have committed iniquity and have done wickedly and have rebelled. My God, have mercy. Ladies and gentlemen, we have to, let me just pause here for just a moment. We cannot preach a message of forgiveness and then refuse to forgive a nation that God is trying to save. And we cannot preach or believe or receive forgiveness from God and refuse to forgive someone even if we don't know them who, who we might have ought against. We can't preach forgiveness if we won't extend forgiveness. Daniel is, not, Daniel is not ignoring the fact that Israel is full of sin and rebellion. He's looking at his nation and he's not staunchly saying, oh no, Israel has done no wrong. Israel, There's nothing wrong with Israel. He's looking at Israel and saying, Israel's full of iniquity. Israel's full of sin. Israel has rebelled against God. Israel's got issues. And God, I'm telling you, I confess my sin and the sins of my nation. We have done, we have sinned, we've committed iniquity, we've done wickedly, we've rebelled, even by departing from thy precepts and from thy judgments. It's not a lack of patriotism to acknowledge that America has departed from his precepts and his judgments. 
Neither have we hearkened unto thy servants, the prophets, which spake in thy name to our kings, our princes, our fathers, and to all the people of the land. O Lord, righteousness belongeth unto thee, but unto us confusion of faces, as at this day to the men of Judah, to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, to all Israel that are near and that are far off. Now listen, ladies and gentlemen, he's in, he is in Persia praying this prayer. He was carried off into Babylonian captivity, and then he was shifted over into Persian captivity, and he is in Persian captivity. Many are saying Israel's a lost civilization. Israel was, but is no more. They have no homeland. They have been scattered all throughout the earth. They're in all sorts of different places. But Daniel is understanding by the books. He's been reading the word of the Lord. Listen, you need to understand more about the word of the Lord than you do what's going on in our day right now. And if you'll understand the word of the Lord, you can help what's happening in our day right now. If you'll understand that his word is a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. If you'll understand that if you hide his word in your heart, you won't sin against God. If you can understand that his word is forever settled in the heavens. If you can understand that the grass withers and the flower fades, but his word stands forever. If you can understand that heaven and earth pass away, but his word shall not pass away. Then you can, you can really help this nation heal. You can help. And let me be clear, when I say nation, I mean people. Just like when I say church, I mean people. People heal. The nation isn't some kind of a big, vague uh, blob of, of, of lack of definition. Nation is comprised of people, 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 and it's all one people. The Bible says God has made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell upon the face of the earth. We are one people. We are one blood. It is the devil's business to divide us. Prayer brings us back together. Worship brings us back together. Hallelujah. That's why we come into a place like this and we worship the Lord. And we magnify God because we are doing here what needs to happen in our nation. We are a microcosm of what should be happening in our nation. Daniel goes on to read, O Lord, righteousness belongs to you, but to us confusion of faces. And to all of Israel, here and far, through all the countries whither thou hast driven them because of their trespass, that they have trespassed against thee. O Lord, to us belongeth confusion of face, to our kings, to our princes, to our fathers, because we have sinned against thee. We can say the very same thing about America right now. Confusion of face. On the executive branch, the legislative branch, the judicial branch, nobody knows what to do. It's called confusion of face. And it has happened because sin exists in us. To the Lord our God belong mercies and forgivenesses. I'm telling you, his prayer in Daniel chapter 9 is one of the most powerful things you'll read. And you should read it. Forgivenesses, though we have rebelled against him. Neither have we obeyed the voice of the Lord our God to walk in his laws, which he set before us by his servants, the prophets. Yea, all Israel have transgressed thy law. Can this not be said of modern America? 
even by departing, that they might not obey thy voice. Therefore the curse is poured upon us. And the oath that is written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, because we have sinned against him. And he hath confirmed his words which he spake against us and against our judges that judged us by bringing upon us a great evil. For under the whole heaven hath not been done as hath been done upon Jerusalem. When you kick Jesus Christ out of the national discourse, you're going to reap a nation without Jesus Christ. And that's exactly what we have. A, we have a, a nation that has no access to the Prince of Peace. Because the nation has kicked him out of the discussion. And the only people who know who he is, is the church. Listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. You have to have more loyalty to the church of the living God than you do to any other organization that you are a part of. The church is going to stand forever. The United States of America will not stand forever. But the church will stand forever. We are bound by the blood of Jesus Christ. We are connected to one another by the name of Jesus Christ. Don't you know that's why the devil tried to hurt you in the church? He wanted to get you out of this thing because he knows this is where the blessing of the Lord really is in the church, in the bride, in the body, in the general assembly of the firstborn. And the Bible says that as it is written in the law of Moses, all this evil has come upon us. Yet made we not our prayer before the Lord our God. All this evil has come upon us. And what do we do? What do we, how do we pray? What is the extent of your prayer? If you pray. Are you scrolling through the news items? Oh, Lord. Lord, help us. Oh, my goodness. Jesus, help them. Oh, my. Uh-oh, that doesn't look good. Then you watch a six-minute video clip of another tragedy, and when it's done, you're more mad than you are prayerful. All the anger in the world isn't going to do what this nation needs to have done. Only prayer can do what this nation needs to have done. When you pray, you employ the power of God. Channel that, channel that emotion, channel that passion into prayer. Get down on your knees and take all of that passion and all of that anger and all of that madness and take it to God in prayer and say, Oh God, the curse is upon my nation somewhere. Something's awry. Something's awry. There's sin and there's violence. Lord, we need a touch from heaven. You're going to change something in America if you pray. Hallelujah. Pray, pray, pray. Daniel said, Daniel said this, the, the, Daniel said in verse 13, all this evil has come upon us, yet made we not our prayer before the Lord our God that we might turn from our iniquities and understand thy truth. Therefore hath the Lord watched upon the evil and brought it upon us. For the Lord our God is righteous in all his works which he doeth 
for we obeyed not his voice. And now, O Lord our God, that has brought thy people forth out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand and has gotten thee renowned, as at this day we have sinned, we have done wickedly. O Lord, according to all thy righteousness, I beseech thee, let thine anger and thy fury be turned away from thy city, Jerusalem, thy holy mountain, because for our sins and for the iniquities of our fathers. Jerusalem and thy people are become a reproach to all that are about us. Now therefore, O our God, hear the prayer of thy servant and his supplications and cause thy face to shine upon thy sanctuary that is desolate for the Lord's sake. Oh my God, incline thine ear and hear. Open thine eyes. Behold our desolations and the city which is called by thy name. For we do not present our supplications before thee for our righteousnesses, but for thy great mercies. We know we don't deserve it. God, we know. I'm going to tell you, saints of God, you better pray that way about America. Don't you try to excuse America's sins. You come, you come boldly before the throne of grace and confess America's sins. Don't get, don't get stuck in this habit of pretending like America is, it has been so innocent and, and all of that and, and, and getting mad if somebody is upset about America's iniquities. We have to bring those transgressions before the Lord, confess those transgressions, confess the iniquities of our fathers. And you say, well, not my fathers. Well, the, somebody's fathers. And confess those iniquities and say, mighty God, we need you to heal our land. I do not come to you for my righteousness. I come to you for your mercy. My God, my God, my God, my God. It, it grieves me. Can I, just, can I just get real with you? It grieves me. It really grieves me that, that, that a, a, a document like the Declaration of Independence, the United States Constitution, these liberate, they, they pulsate with freedom. And yet the principles in these documents did not apply to all people. For so long. That doesn't make the words of the documents less true or less powerful. Because it was actually those documents that President Abraham Lincoln utilized when he abolished slavery. He pointed back to those documents. But those documents were held by human hands. And I'm going to tell you, when man lays his hand on something... He will corrupt it every single time. So yes, we have sin in America. Now, and it, we've had sin in America since its inception. Because man has been involved with it. And when man is involved in it, it's a problem. It's a problem. It's a problem. And to this day, the seeds of those sins 
have grown up and become even more problematic situations. And now America is at a place where America doesn't want, know what to do. They've kicked God out of everything. They don't want God. They, they, they ridicule God. They, they talk about how that the Bible is, they, they, they ridicule the Bible and they criticize the Bible and they don't have any room in America. They're like the innkeeper. No room in the inn for the Lord Jesus to even lay his head. But, but I'm going to tell you something. The church better have room for Jesus. And we better understand that before we are American, we are children of the Most High God. And we thank God every day for our freedom. And we thank God every day for living in the United States of America. It is the greatest nation on the face of the earth. But we better understand why that is. It's because our God makes us free. Our God makes us free. And right now, the tension in our nation shows what happens when sin reaches a boiling point, when violence reaches a boiling point. And the scripture teaches us in verse 19, O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, hearken and do. Defer not for thine own sake. Oh, my God, for thy city and thy people are called by thy name. Now, this is a long prayer. I just read 19 verses in the middle of a sermon. But notice what happens in verse 20. He's been praying all this time, God, heal our nation. Forgive us our iniquities. Forgive us of our father's iniquities. Forgive us of our transgressions. Forgive us of our sins. We have sinned. There's iniquity. We have rebelled. We turned against you. We've turned against you. We have idolatry in our land. He's prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. And in verse 20, the Bible says, while I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin. This is how you pray for a nation. Confessing your sin. And confessing the sin of your people, Israel, and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God. Yea, while I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, touched me about the time of the evening oblation. And he informed me and talked with me and said, O Daniel, I am now come forth to give thee skill and understanding. At the beginning of thy supplications, the commandment came forth, and I am come to show thee, for thou art greatly beloved. Therefore, understand the matter and consider the vision. Seventy weeks are determined upon thy people. He goes on to explain to them exactly how the prophecy will come to pass. Daniel finds out that Gabriel was withstood by the prince of Persia. While he was praying, the prince of Persia, Gabriel was dispatched as soon as Daniel opened his mouth. Oh, Lord, forgive us of our iniquities. Forgive us of our transgressions. I confess the sin of my heart, and I confess the sin of my people. And immediately the Lord said, go, Gabriel, go. Go now. Go now. And Daniel could have stopped praying. I mean, I read a long passage. Anybody notice that was a long passage? He could have stopped praying at verse 3. 
verse 5, 6, oh, God must not hear me. Verse 8, he repeats himself over and over and over. Verse 9, verse 11, ver plenty of opportunities for him to get frustrated and quit praying. But he didn't stop praying until there was a breakthrough. He didn't stop praying until something began to shake, until something began to happen. And when Gabriel arrives at the scene, he said, I was dispatched the moment you started praying to God. But I was withstood by the prince of Persia. Do not underestimate what's happening in the invisible world right now. I'll tell you for a fact, the invisible world is at war. Principalities clashing right now over America. I know because I could feel it. You could too. It was a heaviness. It was a, it was a heaviness that just weighed on all of us. And we could tell there's something in the atmosphere. Something is shifting and moving. And, and, and what's happening, listen, I'm going to tell you something. If we'll keep praying, the angels of the Lord will break through. If we'll keep praying to God, we're praying to God, we're praying to God. And God will continue to work on our behalf. And there will be healing. And there will be restitution. And there will be forgiveness. And there will be power. Hallelujah. And there will be reconciliation in our nation oh hallelujah hallelujah don't, don't underestimate the principalities that rise up to battle your prayers pray through that's what the elders meant when they said pray through you just thought they meant pray till you start crying you thought they meant pray to you, speak in tongues again, and that, of course, is a part of praying through. Speak in tongues, speak in tongues, speak in tongues, speak in tongues, speak in tongues. But that's not all it's talking about. You pray, you pray through speaking in tongues. You pray through every barrier. You pray through every obstacle. You pray through every obstruction. You lay down anything that's in you that's not like God. You lay down any attitude that might exist in you. you the Bible says put off anger. Put off malice. Put off everything that's not like the Lord. And replace it with bowels of mercy. Replace it with kindness. Replace it with the good godly traits of the Holy Ghost. Pray through. Pray through. There's a, there's a principality battling your prayers. Pray through that principality. A principality of Washington, D.C. trying to stop your prayers. Pray through that principality. A principality of Falcon Heights trying to stop your prayers. Pray through that principality. A principality of Baton Rouge trying to stop your prayers. Pray through that principality. A principality of Dallas trying to stop your prayers. Pray through that principality. Come on, ladies and gentlemen. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Pray through it. Don't fall prey to what the, de the devil wants to get us so focused on all the things of this world that are going to pass away. When we could go directly to the root of it and speak to the root of that sycamine tree and command it, be plucked up, cast into the ocean. What are we doing chopping branches off the sycamine tree? What are we doing trying to, trying to take a pickaxe and chip away at the big mountains? I'll show you. What are we doing? Command it. In the name of Jesus. I command it to be uprooted right now. 
And if the roots are in me, I command it to be uprooted out of me. I command it to be uprooted out of me. In the name of Jesus Christ. Our nation needs us, ladies and gentlemen. They don't need us as couch potatoes watching everything that's going on. They need us as prayer warriors. They don't even know it. Don't worry. They're not going to appoint you to some position in any kind of a staff to be the, the resident prayer warrior. They don't even know they need you, but they need you. You're the most important citizen in your community because you know how to touch God. You know how to touch the hem of his garment. You know how to get a hold of the power from on high. Hallelujah. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You can rest well knowing that you got the Holy Ghost. No. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You can compare notes with people and say, hey, I got the Holy Ghost too. Now I'm part of the club. No, no. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You shall receive power. It's a power that the U.S. military doesn't have. It's a power that the Antichrist doesn't have. You shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me. How many has been forgiven by God? I, I need to see a show of hands. Every hand in this place ought to be lifted high. It ought to go from showing your hand to waving your hand. Thank God for the blood. Thank God for the blood. Thank God for the blood. He washed me. He cleansed me. He forgave me. When you walk up to somebody who doesn't deserve it and you forgive them, you are a witness. You are a witness. You are a witness of the mighty power of God in your life. I can forgive you because you don't know like I know what the Lord has done for me. The Bible says, if any man have a quarrel against any, then as Christ has forgiven you, so also do ye. Every time I want to hold something against somebody, I can't. Because God always says to me, but how did I treat you when you messed up? Did I give you the cold shoulder? That's not how it worked. You don't know how many times, I, I, every time I've messed up, I walk back into his presence and he's excited to see me. What, what manner of love? What manner of love are we talking about? Can I tell you something, this is a love the world has never known. What if we just, what if we just opened up our heart despite the possibility of it being broken again? What if we just opened up our heart and loved everybody with that kind of love? See, Christianity is based on that kind of love. Some religions are different. In some places, if you burn a Quran, it could, it could spread violent riots and protests. And, and not, 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 not just protests, but, but outright murderous deeds. 
throughout portions of the world. But when you, when you take our very Messiah, and you don't just depict him in a cartoon, but you, you nail him to a cross. You put stripes on his back. You put a crown of thorns on his head. You're not, just, you're not just depicting him in a cartoon. You are mutilating, wounding, bruising, chastising our very Savior. And instead of causing widespread violence, it causes widespread forgiveness. It causes widespread healing. It causes, it causes widespread reconciliation. That's how Christianity works. That's how Christianity is supposed to work. That's what Christianity is all about. When the blood sheds, it's not a call for more bloodshed. When the blood sheds, it's a call for you take of his blood and be healed. What if you had the blood in you that could heal every disease? Would you let it be shed so that every disease could be healed? If you had the blood in you that could mend every broken heart, would you let it be shed so that every broken heart could be mended? This is what I'm talking about when I talk about what manner of love are we discussing here. He had to be opened. He had to be bruised and broken, pierced open so that I could be healed and he allowed it to be done. Our nation needs prayer warriors who will lay themselves down in prayer for long periods of time and pray effectively. Lord, please forgive my nation. I'm not, I'm, I'm, listen, I'm as patriotic as the next person, but we all know our nation has sins in its history. Lord, we confess those sins. We bring them to you. And in the name of Jesus Christ, we ask God that you begin to turn the hearts of people toward you. Help us to return to you. Help us to come to the cross of Jesus Christ. Church, we can lead the way to the cross of Jesus Christ. Can he find ten righteous? You find ten righteous. What if you found ten prayer warriors? Could our nation be saved? Everywhere I turn, I hear somebody else saying, There's, there, there is no answer. Oh, there is an answer. You're not going to find it in Washington. You're not going to find it in Hollywood. You're not going to find it anywhere but in Jesus Christ. There is an answer. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Second Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 14. If my people, which are called by my name. I'm going to tell you, folks, who that's talking about. That's not just talking about the casual Christian. That's talking about the people of the name. If my people which are called by my name, 
Folks, he's calling to us. On behalf of the whole nation, he's calling to us. On behalf of all people, he's talking to us. He's moving past the Hollywood buzz. He's moving past the Washington politics. He's moving past the tensions in the streets. He's moving past all of the divisions and all of the factions. And he's looking directly at the church. And he's saying, if my people, which are called by my name, would humble themselves. You're waiting for everybody else to humble themselves. They're sinners. They're not going to humble themselves. They're going to rise up with fleshly strength and fight carnal battles. But the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. He's not, talk, he's not talking to the world. He's talking to us. If my people, which are called by my name, who have my spirit, who have my power, who understand my nature... Some of you need to fast social media. It's only, going to, it's only going to infuriate you and grieve your spirit. Because you're looking at people who are not regenerated by the blood of Jesus Christ. And their attitude is going to frustrate you. That's not who God's talking to. He's talking to us. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves... Can you humble yourself? Can you humble yourself? Can you humble yourself? That's what God wants to know. I'm not asking. God's asking. If my people, which are called by my name, if they shall humble themselves, that means laying it all down. Laying it all down. Laying it all down. Laying it all down. Nothing. No identity but Jesus. No identity but Jesus. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Humble yourself. If my people called by my name shall humble themselves and pray. Just, just pray. thing you do when you open your mouth and you speak to your invisible creator pray pray oh lord my god oh god speak to him pray and seek my face so you got to do those things before you can do this big thing that he's calling on us to do. Humble yourself. Pray. Seek his face. And now you're ready to do the big thing. That you haven't been able to do. Because you've been trying to do it with your own power. Willpower. Turn from your wicked ways. Then. Then. So we're saying, God, do it, God, do it, God, do it. He said, I will. Then. I'll do it then. Then will I hear from heaven. Oh, we need to hear from heaven. Then will I hear from heaven. Ladies and gentlemen, when I say hear from heaven, you got to understand Every good and perfect gift that you have ever experienced in your life, it came down from the Father of lights. 
That's why you want to go to heaven, because you've tasted it here and there. A little bit of heaven on earth. Heaven's going to be amazing. The wolf will lay down with the lamb. There, 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 will, there will be no predator in heaven. There will be nobody with a gun in heaven. No ravenous beast shall walk therein. The Bible says that lay not yourselves, lay not up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust corrupt, thieves and break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where thieves do not break through and steal. You know why thieves don't break through and steal in heaven? There are no thieves in heaven. Nobody can take your life from you in heaven. You're not going to have to worry about waking up to a tragic headline representing a life lost, families devastated. Not in heaven. Then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. Whose land? This land is your land. This land is my land. This land. He will heal it all. Even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. Be assured that when you pray for him to heal our nation, you're asking him to become king. Be aware that when you pray for him to heal our world, you're asking him to wrap it up. You're asking him to take up residency in Jerusalem and to rule the nations with peace. Hallelujah. Even so, come quickly, Lord Jesus. I think, and I'm coming to a close, I think sometimes we think, I, before Jesus comes back, I'd really like for there to be peace on earth. Are you, are you Really? Why not just have Jesus come back? That's when there will be peace on earth. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. There's violence in the streets. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Father turning against child and child turning against father. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Marriages are breaking up. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Poverty is rampant. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Nation rising against nation. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Kingdom rising against kingdom. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Pestilence and war. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Famine and desolation. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. I wonder if somebody can stand with me right now and confess your sin and the sins of your nation right now. Can you do that with me? Lord, we have committed sins as a nation. God, we confess that to you. We confess the sins of our own heart. Help us to turn from our wicked ways. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. I need, I need 10 people right now to come forward and stand in the gap for our nation right now. I need 10 people right now. 
God bless you. Come on, that's it. I need that's it. That's it. That's it. Come on, let's just make it 20. Let's make it 20. That's it. Let's make it 30. We're counting the other way. Let's make it 30. Let's make it 40. Let's make it 50 righteous. We'll come forward and say, God, I confess my sin and the sins of my nation. Let healing begin in me, Lord. Let healing begin in me, Lord. Let healing begin in me. I come to you, God, not because I'm righteous, but because I need mercy. God, I come to you asking for your blessing, not because America is so deserving of your blessing. There's so much sin everywhere in America. There's corruption at the highest levels. There's corruption in the lowest levels. Corruption has run rampant through our nation. Corruption has run rampant through systems. Forgive us, Lord. I ask for forgiveness, Lord, not because of our righteousness, but because of your mercy. We have turned our backs on you, Lord. We have called evil good and good evil. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us, Lord. We have it backward, God. Our hands are unclean as a nation. God. Oh God, forgive us for our love of money. Forgive us for our hatred of our fellow man. Forgive us for our endorsement of perversion. Forgive us for letting the church become like the world. Forgive us for setting our affection on things on this earth and not on things above. Forgive us for enslaving our fellow man. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us for any bribe that has been taken. Forgive us for any corruption of justice. Forgive us for our violence, Lord. Forgive us, Lord, for our lack of respect for the union of man and wife. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us, Lord. Forgive us, Lord. <laughs> oh. Lord, hear our cry. Come heal our land. Breathe life into these dry and thirsty souls. 
Lord.